Richard Kluche with you. Great to have you with us. Spent some time out in western Manitoba in the Swan River Valley. This is to the west of Dauphin, to the north of Dauphin, and the Duck Mountains, the Porcupine Hills. And throughout that area, you see signs that say no moose hunting. In fact, there's been no moose hunting there for for decades now. Now, some say this is climate change. There's over-harvesting of the animal and logging in the region, contributing to the loss of moose and other animals, even even plants. I spent some time with members of two First Nations, including Pine Creek. Uh, there's about 2,000 off-reserve members, 1,500 on the reserve. And that's to the, uh, the north of Swan River is the reserve, but the ancestral land base is much larger. And, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about reconciliation. We talk a lot about, well, we talk. Well, the people I talked with, well, they're taking action. We're losing our tradition of our moose hunts and stuff like that. Pine Creek First Nation member John Napiew remembers walking through the Duck Mountains as a kid. Yes, I remember picking berries here and, and well, my dad bring me out hunting. And, you know, it was like the moose were all over the place and, and you'd hunt and get a moose and take it home for the family. We are north of Roblin, near the Saskatchewan border. Duck Mountain is the only provincial park in Manitoba, one of only two in Canada that allows logging. The broad valleys, the ponds, the lakes, a climate ideal for forest growth. On this August day, Napio is showing me the land just outside the park. You can smell the fresh tree cuts. It's changed a lot. Uh, a lot of logging. Uh, roads are blocked from us going into some of the places we used to hunt. So, and a lot of open area, and it, yeah, it's changed a lot. There are makeshift roads, heavy equipment parked in piles and piles and piles of trees. It's not clear cutting, but almost a few trees are spared in what is an area that takes us almost half an hour to walk through. Picture this like the way it was before the logging. Like it would, you know, you would feel welcome here. You would feel at home. You would feel a sense of, of you know, belonging. Now you feel like you're, you're like in a, a trespasser. You feel like you're an imposter, right? That's like, that's the, I think the the tragedy of all this. Jeremy McKay is a policy advisor with Pine Creek. This is uh, um, the ancestral lands of, of Pine Creek First Nation and, and we share these lands with with uh, our neighboring First Nations, one of them being close by here, Tutanowsi Bing, or, or today known as Valley River First Nation. Pine Creek has launched a massive lawsuit against the Manitoba government and the U.S.-based Louisiana Pacific. It alleges Manitoba has failed to fulfill its constitutional obligations to protect treaty rights and has handed Louisiana Pacific timber rights without consultation and has allowed the firm to do this since 2006 without an approved long-term forest management plan. Industrialization of, of our traditional territory. Uh, some of our, our, our land users and our, our hunters in our community are, are saying that uh, they feel a sense of intimidation coming out uh, here hunting when, when they see 
big logging roads or, or big semi-trucks hauling logs or, or big cut blocks like where we're standing in right now. So that's, that's uh, you know, that that's one of the, the, the problems we, we face here. For about 25 years now, Louisiana Pacific has been the big employer in the Swan River Valley. Successive Manitoba governments, both NDP and progressive conservatives, have allowed the firm to log the dock to the south of Swan River and the Porcupine Hills to the north without long-term plans. Uh, sometimes we feel like we're we're standing on our own. We on one side of us we have a company who's obviously motivated by profit, and then on the other side of us we have a province who's motivated to continue the operations of. Louisiana Pacific and then uh, us as the First Nation we're, we're sort of saying well hold on a second here we want to ensure that we're making decisions based on the best and, and objective and most current science that's available and we want to ensure that the activities that are happening here are being conducted in the most sustainable way so uh, that's our, our primary interest and and uh, you know we've we've taken We've taken steps, in, including the litigation, to, to try and protect our interests in that way. Richard Cloutier with you on Connecting Winnipeg on 680 CJOB. That litigation is expected to go before a judge next month, but we are seeing so many groups um, that have launched lawsuits against the provincial government uh, settle. So we'll see whether that happens. Now, this was Friday. On Saturday, it was breakfast at the local chicken chef in Swan River. And many people there are obviously nervous about the jobs that Louisiana Pacific provides for the region. Uh, Not just the direct jobs, but the associated jobs. And for decades, they felt that that's threatened and you've had successive governments kind of give in to, to LP. But I met with some younger members of a neighboring indigenous first nation and they are here for the long haul and they're demanding a better deal and they all see this as a win-win for all the parties involved my family the audi family has been fighting for our rights treaty and inherent rights to be respected on our lands for generations it goes Stands back to my grandfather, Charles. Benjamin Young. I'm a land manager and TLE coordinator with Kwai CP First Nation. Young is a rugby player, a hulking man who knows his history. We were supposed to share the land and share the resources. And in the 1930s, the federal government enacted the Natural Resources Transfer Agreement that encompassed Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba as a whole without any consultation to the Cree and Anishinaabe nations of these lands. Focusing on growth opportunities for his people, he knows the importance of rights, of hunting rights, but also a portion, a cut, if you will, of the logging prosperity and a meaningful seat at the table, plus research. The data on the impact of logging, the environment, climate change, including that moose hunt, a lot of the data A lot of the studies here cited are from the 1980s and 90s. They need meaningful research. Young says other logging companies get it. The forest management planning team of Niso Capuino Forestry Management Corporation. It's a limited partnership, company with limited partnership between the Swampy Creek Tribal Council and Canadian Craft. So that's one. Second, I sit on advisory committee for Weyhauser. 
in Hudson Bay. Uh, I deal with LP consultations and mountain quota holder consultations. And when it comes to consultations, um, in the past they've always developed a plan and brought it to us and have a timeline to do a con consultation. With Niso Capuino, we own the largest forest management license in North America. So we're at the table developing the plan. We've created huge change and that we're gonna see uh, coming to fruition in the next coming years. And every First Nation in the Swampy Creek Tribal Council has a seat at that table and is, is available to add their input. The Swampy Creek Tribal Council is made up of those eight Northern First Nations and they're really starting to take control of economic development in the region. Now, reached out to both LP, Louisiana Pacific and the Manitoba government for comment on the lawsuit and both are saying not while it's before the courts. I will be interested to see if it actually reaches court next month. And talking with some of the individuals that we spoke with on the weekend, you know, the moose hunt was something that, and they'd like to bring back, uh, but now they have to travel for the youth some three and a half hours away from the Swan River region and able to do that. And they're trying to show a younger generation those traditional ways, and they simply can't do it right now. There are others, and we've talked to David Chartrand, and the president of the Manitoba Métis Federation, who say that, listen, we should be able to assert our, our rights to harvest moose in the area, that their numbers indicate that uh, the moose have made a comeback. And some people that I spoke to have said that as well, but there's still a moratorium on moose.